All right, so we're recording our third podcast of the night. Uh, this will be the Olympic Sport Edition. Uh, we thought they needed uh, a bit more attention than uh, getting tagged on the end of a, a football optimist, um, pessimist podcast here. So we, we've still got Colin Stieg. Uh, Seth will chime in with his baseball and basketball, especially women's basketball takes, because he's rife of them. Sneaky. There yeah, we see. called it. <laughs> Look at that. Um, so quickly, uh, let's recap the weekend for uh, you know the Olympic sports here. Uh, men's. Let's start with men's tennis. Uh, getting run out of the gym by SMU. Uh, that was not great. I think they lost six one. They took the doubles point and then dropped everything after. Uh, uh, then they was, lost to TCU the next day. And then they lost to TCU. Uh, Pretty just, much in the same way. I think. I think they won the doubles point and then lost. Yeah, and I mean, ECU's got that that Dallas oil money, um, or excuse me, SMU has a Dallas oil money. Um, men's golf is the same way now. Uh, they just got a huge injection of um, country club sport uh, money. So I think we're going to see them uh, in the future here. Uh, women's basketball crushes Memphis, uh, 68-47. Um, I believe four girls, four ladies uh, scored in double figures, led by Tamara Henshaw with 13, if I recall correctly from reading Vito's recap um, and editing it. Uh, great job by them. I think Shea Lever had nine points and 10 rebounds. I mean, you needed that. You needed to come out and smack someone in the face after losing to UCF uh, last Wednesday night. Um, you know, it's, it's women's basketball 0-4 against UCF the last two years. Almost unrecognizable, uh, the, the state of the program, um, which is saying something because they're still a very good shot that they're going to win 20 games this year. Uh, there's three games left, uh, one against UConn, so you can kind of mark that up as a loss. But they can win the next two games against ECU and I believe SMU to get to 18 wins. And then you win a couple games in the conference tournament, you're back at 20 wins. Last year was injury riddled and you won 19 and made the NIT. This year, you're you're just stupid young. You lose games you shouldn't, and you still may end up with 20 wins. I think that's a testament to Jose Fernandez and what he's done, building this program from literally the ground up. Um, you know, again, it's it's tough to see them consistently lose these these dumbass games, not being able to shoot. I think they're shooting well under 40% for the season, um, but there's still pieces there. Beatrice Jordan is she's still a talent. I remember seeing her those like first 10, 15 games of last season. I'm like, holy shit, we've got a low post player that is a baller. She has not come back yet from her injury like we thought she would. Uh, Betty Manunga is a fucking star in the making. Um, and then your guards are ridiculous. You lose Maria Alvarez, which is just horrendous. But Sydney Harvey, Aliza Penzan, um, Elena Tesnecki has been fantastic. Brabs, who, I mean, Colin, you've loved since day one, will get it together. Yeah, Brabs, she's the best player on the floor a lot. So the thing with um, Alvarez, um, that was the, the UCF game is the exact kind of game where you need her because she's somebody who can small, get under the, get under the zone. Um, and space the floor as well. And that's exactly the kind of game where you needed her. And so her being out, that was a killer. Um, Alvarez plays, they win that game. Like, 
not even a question. It sucks to lose to them four times. Um, but Trash Zone is still a Trash Zone. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. I don't care. I know they're on the bubble right now. It's not going to happen. You know why? Because we're going to beat them in Connecticut. Is KK a uh, senior? She, thank God. She's thank God. Because she, she's carrying it. Get out of my life, KK. Right? Get out of my life. Like, look, you're really good. And I respect you as a player. And I don't know why you follow around that terrible game coach, like everywhere from two different schools, whatever that's your call. Um, but you're really a player. And I'm really glad you're out of my life. Go away and never return. I was about to say, because like, I think she's she's kind of the pinnacle of that team right now. No, seriously. Yeah. There, there's not even a UConn player that I'm like, oh, my God, just leave me alone. Like seeing like Nafisha Collier or Gabby Williams or Stewart. even even. Uh, yeah. Brianna Stewart, uh, Katie Lou, like they were fun to watch. And I didn't want to like gouge my eyes out watching them play, knowing that they were for sure going to rip my heart out much like KK has. KK was like uh, 0 for a million in the first three quarters uh, in that game. And then she was 5 of 6 in the fourth um, and like made every free throw and made every shot. That's what seniors do, man. She's really a player. I don't know why she's playing for that trash school and that trash coach, but she is. Absolutely. I love I love Collins' drive-bys while he's uh, cleaning dishes. Um, my favorite part of my Monday. Right. And, and you know, this team's still going to be really good, guys. Jose's still going to bring in these – this uh, he's going to bring in another top recruiting class. Um, I think he only loses Tamara and Shay. One of the two, I think. Tamara, Tamara so loses Tamara. Shay's a junior, I believe. Um, Anna Pedhazic went went from playing you know thirty eight minutes a night to barely playing. I think she she seems lost this year um, without a role. Uh, her 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 shot's been off. She gets lost in you know transition defense. You know, figuring out who she's picking up uh, in the half court. It just hasn't been there for her this year, which is unfortunate. Because I mean, the ask of her last season was uh, incredible, and what she did to help kind of carry this team in the scoring load last year was. Uh, Astounding! Appreciate everything she's done for the university and for men's uh, for women's basketball, um, but you know this year sucks, and there's no doubt about it. You know, after beating Texas the way they did this year, you thought, oh, okay, this this team's going to be really good, and they just they could not put it together. And I think it's a mixture of youth, poor shooting, and Lord willing, they figure it out. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about women's basketball-wise before we move on? I was about to say, the one one kind of, I mean, it's not a big storyline or anything like that for anyone who follows the team, I guess, uh, or who casually follows the team, but uh, Sylvia Surratt um, announced she's going to be stepping away from basketball. Um, she's one of those people that, I mean, God bless her soul, couldn't catch a break, couldn't stay healthy. I, mean, I, I think it was three ACL tears in three years, yeah, uh, give she, or take. Yeah, she just, she never saw the floor. She was one of those kids that... Uh, you know, everyone was super high on when she got here, tore ACL, came back from it, tore it again, and then tore it again. Yeah. And it, it's a, just a bad beat for, from all accounts, just a super nice, uh, a super nice woman who just, again, you know, the basketball, basketball gods were like, eh, it's not, this isn't for you anymore, um, which is unfortunate. Um, and I, I'd hope that Jose would probably, because I think she's going to be retiring from basketball. I would hope that Jose would let um, her get senior night with uh, Tamara. Yeah, I would. I would assume so. Or they yeah. may do something um, mm-hmm. just to kind of recognize her because she's she's one of those kind of you know always had a smiling face on the bench, one exactly. of the nicest ladies on this basketball team by far. So God bless her. Hope she recovers well and is able to 
you know, have both of her knees be right. healthy Lead in life. Productive <laughs> life after ba- after college basketball. I mean, three ACLs. Then she tore her meniscus um, as well. Not this last time, but the time before. Um, and it, it's that's rough, man. After all, that's just it's it's a tough break for her, um, unfortunately. And uh, I think you know she will do well in whatever she decides to do if she goes back home or if she stays in the states and you know builds her life here uh i think she's going to be successful that's kind of what jose does he builds rosters around good kids there's not there haven't been many head cases uh for women's basketball i mean colin may have stories but like there's not many head cases that have kind of uh cratered a team um so the, the head <laughs> cases. In. So the head cases. Um, I would say that the thing that Jose has really turned around since I've seen him here is that um, he inherited some head cases for sure. He definitely recruited some head cases early on, and I think at some point he just went, "Why am I putting up with this?" and committed and changed the program and committed that program to being getting the you know one or two kids from the U.S. but mostly overseas kids. And I think it's been the best, most positive change. But yeah, you want some head cases? Um, I got stories. I was I remember one of my roommates was played on played for Jose. I got stories, but the the difference now is these kids now, and I don't know these kids nearly as well as I knew the ones that Jose had when he was first year, obviously. Um, but it's a different type of kid, and it shows in the way that this team plays and the way they practice. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think Jose found his spirit animal in Courtney Williams, and uh, I mean that with all respect uh they both seem to like to have a lot of fun and god bless courtney and going to the atlanta dream uh i mean you leave connecticut and you go to atlanta she's i mean it's gonna be a lot of fun watching uh if you don't follow courtney williams on instagram and twitter please for the love of god do she is just a, a riot on on the social medias any chance of making the tournament outside of winning the conference tournament? No, no, nope. Uh, NIT, if you win 20 games, I think they've got a good shot there. Um, and from there, we'll see. But progress these last three games. Show show the fans, show yourselves that you're better than what happened this year. And I think they are very much capable of that with the kind of performance that they had against Memphis uh, this weekend. Um Moving on, uh, men's basketball. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, I, have a, uh, I have a spicy take about this men's basketball team. Go ahead. I am enjoying the season. You're I, a masochist. I, so that's uh, cool, yeah, cool, cool, in, cool, in, cool, in, a, in a weird way, not in a way that I'm like, oh yeah, I love watching my heart get ripped out, you know, week in and week out. But it, for me, coming into USF in, in 2013, I never saw i mean aside from last year i never saw a competitive basketball team really i mean i i I went to the fucking oklahoma oklahoma state game where marcus smart just ripped out our souls for a half and and that was what i that's that was my usf basketball and made that half court shot at the end of the ball i was like come on man yeah so my my experiences with usf basketball is wow we suck and we're going to suck and that's just how it is um and, and to see them being competitive like this yes it's it's heartbreaking to lose these games and have them slip away from our fingers week in and week out but to have them be competitive a majority of the time so like i you know i have to stay until after halftime it's a little bit more refreshing to see 
in my point of view. I think it's something more of a testament to, you know, when we talked about Brian Gregory building up this program, we're still very early on in the Brian Gregory rebuild. And I think everyone kind of got lost sight of that when we won the CBI. People were expecting like, you know, teams that won the CBI went on to the NCAA tournament and did big things there. Like we're still on schedule. Right. I think that's the best way to say it. I think, no, absolutely. And you bring up that point of the the CBI one kind of skewing everything. Um, I think it, uh, who was it? Um, Kelvin Sampson put it after the Houston game um, last week. I haven't forgotten that USF lost Yetna before, before the season started. Like Alexis Yetna is a difference maker. He is the guy who's cleaning up those offensive rebounds that, you know, DC puts up and LaQuincy puts up around the rim. He's cleaning those up on those backs, those backside easy putbacks and spreading the floor, floor a little bit better than what has been. And this team was going to be good until tragedy struck, you know, for lack of a better, like seeing Alexis Jetna get hurt. It was, it was a body blow to, I think the collective team, the fan base, um, you know, you, you prepare all summer, all off season to have this guy blossom and he tears his ACL like five days before the season starts. I mean, that's just rough. Um, and it's okay that they, they took their lumps this year. Um, they still competed outside of maybe the Wichita State game a couple of weeks ago. I think they've still stayed in it, stayed competitive. Um, I'm not worried about this team. I'm worried. I am worried that uh, David Collins' free throw shooting percentage has steadily declined since his freshman year. I think he was like 71% his freshman year, 70% last year, and then he's about like 64, 65% this year. With the amount of times he gets to the line, you've got to be 70, 75, especially by your junior year. If you're getting to the line that much, it's not like you're out of practice. You're you're getting there consistently. You've got to be better. Um, and then, you know, shooting percentage-wise, this team's always been bad, but it's been especially atrocious um, this season, especially with D.C. and LaQuincy. I think they're both shooting under 25% from three. Um, you know, and the ISO hero ball that I'm seeing from LaQuincy that I didn't see last year, I think he knows his time's running out in college and he may be forcing it a little bit more. Um, but they need to be able to flow a little bit better, um, get, get, create good shots when there's still time on the clock. So if it doesn't work, you still have, you know, five, 10 seconds to create something, um, you know, you know, out of the blue, but it's been a slog this entire season. Um, You know, Michael Durr and Antoon have been hit or miss for a lot of this season. I thought, I thought Durr especially was going to take a bigger leap than he has. Um, Xavier Castaneda has been a slight disappointment this year. Um, Without LaQuincy next year, we've got to find a point guard. I think Caleb Murphy might be that guy. But there's no more there's no more scholarships unless something happens. Um, you know, guy leaves, you know, got an unexpected guy declares for the draft or decides to go play overseas or something. Um, but they've got to find a point guard because uh, next year is going to be tough without LaQuincy, you know, kind of running the show. I know when they go three guard with LaQuincy, DC and uh, Xavier, Xavier kind of runs it a little bit, but I think that's more of we've got to get him prepared for next season because there's not another option right now. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, <clears throat> I think I think there's pretty good talent coming in next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, obviously, Caleb Murphy is going to be pretty good. 
I think we can all kind of say that about him right now. Um, Emmanuel Cuomo, uh, he's been an absolute stud for uh, Oak Leaf Academy. Oak Hill. Uh, Oak Hill. Um, he, he's, his coach has been raving about his improvement throughout the season. Um, you know, we still haven't seen much of BJ Mack. Um, so he might be a guy that steps in and then Luke Anderson is, you know, he's the kind of the, the mystery man. We kind of don't know what to expect from him, um, what kind of game he's going to bring in. But I, I think this is a team that I think now that they're going to come off like kind of a, a very mediocre to bad year. I think next year we can kind of take that surprise leap that I think we were all right. kind of expecting this year, or kind of, we can take that leap to where we should have been. Um, I think I think the talent is there. Uh, it, it'll work itself out. Um, I think you guys have always kind of told me these things tend to have their way of working out. So I hate projecting these things, but now that I am a college basketball expert as professional college basketball expert uh, paid by Fox Media and DraftKings, um, I will say that um, those Caleb Murphy tapes that people keep tagging me on on Twitter, um, that kid can get to the rim on anybody in this conference right now. That is a level of quickness that we have not seen. Um, whether that translates, whether he has, whether he can defend, because nobody's nobody's showing me highlights of how he defends. Nobody's like, I don't see slides. I don't see how he like rotates over and helps. I don't see any of that. But the ability to put the ball on the deck and get to the rim, that is an elite skill. And he clearly has that elite skill. And that's a skill that USF lacks. Now, if he can knock down some shots too, that's going to be a skill that USF needs even more because they don't shoot the three very well. Um, but that kid can get to the rim on anybody and anybody in this league right now. And that is, quite frankly, the hardest thing to find in college basketball, at any level of basketball, somebody who can put the ball on the floor create plays either for themselves or for others that's what i say clearly can do that gregory's done a fantastic job of coaching up them defensively you know yeah. this this is still i mean this is one of the best teams in our conference defensively still despite you know missing two of our you know pinnacle post guys yep um and just be excited for next year if again i mean it's gonna be a lot like football 2020 show improvement through the end of the season much like two years ago when you saw you know you saw them smack memphis by 20 and uh compete against memphis in the conference tournament that year you know you're down two or three with a couple minutes left show that competitiveness throughout the rest of the season even when you have nothing else to play for except improving and we will see that return in uh you know in spades next season and the, the year after um but again uh, it's always next year for usf but uh, there's a lot of promise here um let's move on to golf uh men's golf uh went to gainesville Gainesville for the the florida invitational and finished third uh fourth third fourth somewhere top five definitely top five definitely ahead of the team in Oviedo, who i think finished second to last i think they shot like plus like 25 or 30 as a team um Albin uh, Bergstrom from Sweden uh, has been battling a shoulder injury for much of the offseason. And I don't think he had quite the best tournament that he was expecting. He was their number two guy. Um, but still uh, an impressive showing nonetheless from this team who they're they're I mean, they're fairly young. Albin's like 20 years old. He's a he's a sophomore. Um, it, it, they're going to be really good. SMU again, again. They got a huge heaping helping of money invested into that program. And you're going to see them, UCF, you know, despite their poor showing uh, in Gainesville, they're going to be competitive as all get out. Um, and we'll, we'll continue to, to fight through that. Um, women's golf, again, under Erica Brennan, it's just night and day. 
Um, again, much like track and field, it's amazing what some coaching will do. Uh, they won their old friends invitational. Um, don't worry about who was playing. They played well. Erica Smith shot four under uh, for the tournament. Great Maybe stuff here. Seventy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, just, the, I mean, the field was bad at the old friends invitational, but the the they they played very well. That's the thing. Like, kind of, you see this in golf tournaments and scoring a lot is that the team that generally comes in first just runs train through everyone else. I think. <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that in a, phrasing phrasing yeah but like yeah uh, but like for to for comparison's sake I think I think USF ended up a uh, four under um, and then the next closest was I think um, two above at like the Gainesville Invitational um, Florida won that by 18 strokes yeah I think Florida was the only team that was actually under par for that tournament like it was it was a very tough course uh, tough track as the insiders call it uh, <clears throat> but improvement nonetheless um, now do you guys want to end on a happy note or or start with a sad note and end on a terrible note We've got two sports left here, folks, and they are very, very different in how we're going to speak about them. What about, what about bats? They do. Well, <laughs> one team definitely one team has them. One team definitely utilizes bats. The other team, uh, it's for uh, decoration. You know what? Baseball. Yeah, let's talk about baseball. Let's and then go uh, into all right. So let's talk. Let's talk about baseball, guys. Um, so you take. T- what two of three from Marist uh, to start the season, and it was it was a rough go. I think you hit 180 um, or close to it uh, in that opening series, and then you drop back to back games against FAMU and Florida State, uh, and you, you hit like dog shit. And this team is is uh, very young. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. Lost Kyle Phillips, Joe Janord. Um, you know, you, you, were, you had to replace your key cogs, uh, Chris Chatfield, Garrett Zach, like a lot of important pieces from that 2016, 17, 18, you know, roster that, that nucleus, um, <clears throat> under former head coach, Mark Kingston, but you, you see that their bats are not there. And, you know, you can't, I mean, Billy, head coach Billy Mole said that, said this thing. You cannot get shut out for 18 innings. Like, that is just completely unacceptable. He puts blame squarely on him. But, Nate, who was the team that got shut out? Who were they facing to get shut out for 18 straight innings? Northeastern, uh... Proud, probably proud baseball program in the Big Ten, right? I mean, oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Northeastern, it's the uh, I believe like the third largest school in Boston, somewhere around there. (laughs) Um, The home of Carlos Pena. Are they even the bean pot? Are they a bean pot team? They're probably they're probably two Porter Four like hockey team. BC Harvard, yeah, they're the fourth bean pot team. BUBC Harvard Northeastern. So yeah, if this was college hockey. Yeah, okay. Great job. Yeah. What you're saying is classic powerhouse program. <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's super unfortunate because, uh, you know, the 2016 class didn't have pitching and they, they were kind of really bad at hitting because they were so young. Last year they had hitting, didn't have pitching. This year they've got some real key pieces. Uh, Jack Jasek, Jasiak, however you say his name, is a fucking stud. <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> All right. He went seven and a third inning uh, in game two of the doubleheader on Saturday, struck out 11, had 10 K through five. Um, a scout told me his delivery 
it reminds him of Trevor Bauer. And let me tell you, Trevor Bauer, good. Doesn't have the mouth that Trevor Bauer does, which is also very, very important. Um, but he's he's fantastic. If you ever get a chance, he's, he's a Saturday guy. If you ever get a chance to go out there on Saturday night and watch this kid pitch, I promise you, you will be in for a show. He's 90-94 with a slider that won't quit. Um, and it's it's terrible that, you know, he gets two runs of support. You know, he had – there's an error in left field that allowed one of the runs to score. So, he you know, he gave up two runs. One was earned, struck out 11, and, uh, and didn't walk a batter. I mean, that that's what you want from uh, – he's a freshman. That's what you want from your freshman. Um, Carson Ragsdale coming back from Tommy John surgery. Another impressive outing. He's had two good outings coming back, uh, being competitive. He's the only one that gets run support and they lose 7-5 because the bullpen implodes. Um, Graham Hoffman's another key guy coming back from Tommy John. Billy Moles kind of slowly worked him in. I think he played against FAMU on Monday and then pitched an inning on Sunday. He's been very cautious getting him back into the fold. Uh, Logan Lyle also an option here, but they've got to figure out their bats. Their bats have been horrific. Um, you know, they they strike out too much. Uh, dumb base running mistakes. Um, Daniel Cantu, he's double off of first on a fly ball to left field. That's just completely unacceptable with one out. Like it kills any momentum, and that's kind of been the reoccurring theme. Um, but this this team has been. Um, absolutely dreadful. Uh, you know, if it, if it, if it continues, there, there's going to be some question marks, you know, Billy Moles in year three of five, he had a complete staff turnover. Um, you know, it's eerily similar to Charlie Strong. You know, you, you bring in new guys hoping for a, a new injection of, of life and it, it doesn't pan out. And, you know, it's a lot easier to replace a baseball coach than it is to find, you know, about $5 million to replace a, a baseball coach or a football coach, excuse me. Um, you know, the team's hitting 172 for the season. Um, their on-base percentage is 269. Their slugging percentage is 194. That they, seems bad, Nate. It's not great, Colin. They have six extra base hits on the year. I've seen more likely bats in a Wuhan marketplace. But when you play two big teams. But when you but when you've played two like elite Big Ten programs like Michigan and Northeastern or Northwestern, I, I screwed up the joke. I had a joke there and I was gonna go. Jesus, Colin. I totally blew the joke. The point is, is that they played nobody. Um, what was that number that we had earlier? They are now 236. Is that correct? Uh, I think they're 238. 238? Seems less than I did. Yep. Um, you know, there's one, two, three, five guys with an ERA over 10 so far. Um, it, I mean, it's brutal, dude. Um, At least it's early. Yeah, you know, that's Jack, Jack Jassiak has a, a one uh, two six ERA. He's 0-1 to show for it. He has 20 strikeouts in 14 innings. He's one walk. Um, you know, Dylan Burns has been pretty good in his four appearances. Uh, six innings, uh, five strikeouts, three walks. Carson Ragsdale, uh, 2-4-5 ERA, 11 innings, 19 strikeouts, four walks. There's pieces. They're not putting it together. And I, I, I truly think Billy Moles the guy to get it sorted um but damn this is not the way you want to start the season folks i'll tell you what they're uh two and five they get they travel to coral gables to face miami on wednesday and then they get northwestern 
uh, for a weekend series, uh, no midweek, and then they go to Florida for a weekend series. Buck, man. <laughs> Shit. 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 <laughs> they had a 3-0 lead against the Sevens. Yeah, and it, you know, uh, rumor has it, it was, no, I'll be perfectly honest. I was there Saturday for both games. It was fucking cold as hell. And it, it sucked. Like, I was miserable. But I got to watch softball transition. That's a transition here. That's one hell of a leap. I got to watch softball whoop Tennessee's ass, walk off to your own homer, and then walk off against FIU, which was beautiful. I saw three softball games on Saturday, guys. I got there at like noon, like two hours before the baseball game started. FIU was playing UCF. Didn't really end in our favorite, but I mean, great softball all around. Um, but damn, uh, Georgina Korik, fucking stud once again. Uh, she goes, I think she went four and zero over the weekend. They, you know, the Bulls. F- Starting to get it together under Jess Moore, uh, interim head coach, while Ken Erickson coaches Team USA for the Olympics. Uh, super cash, super, super cash. Um, against uh, FIU in the Saturday night, uh, the second game Saturday, she came in, uh, I believe it was in the eighth inning. Um, they had two on, running her scoring position, two outs. Jess Moore was not fucking around anymore. Put Cork in, one pitch, one out. Got it. Got it through. Following inning, USF scores uh, to win the game. And, like, that is, I mean, a one pitch and you get the credit for the win, sign me up every time. Um, Stat padding at its finest, uh, which was fantastic. Kendall Williams, shout out to you, girl. Uh, You you said you hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the seventh to win against Tennessee, against number 12 slash 18 Tennessee. Uh, You were asked if you had ever hit a ball that far, and she said, it's been a minute. (laughs) And then she was like, I can't remember the last time I hit an opposite field home run. I think I was 12. (laughs) And now she just did it against an SEC softball opponent. Like, truly incredible. And I had the perfect vantage point. Like, once she hit the ball, I was like, oh, that's good. Awesome. The win right here. Um, and it was it was great for Georgina to kind of battle back. She gave up a homer in the third in the third inning against Tennessee. Battled complete game. Um, you know, and that wasn't even the best part of her weekend, which is incredible. Um, two wins in one day, throwing just ridiculous. Um, Friday Friday night. Her and oh god, I'm I'm blanking on the other girls. Vivian Pond combined for the 27th no hitter in USF history. Um, Jess Moore was asked, uh, you know, after the game, uh, why did you take out Georgina Cork? I mean, she was dealing. She said, well, uh, you know, Pond's been kind of hit around. Uh, in her last couple outings. So to give the freshman some confidence, she brings her in against FIU, controlling the game, gets three quick outs, game over. Perfect. That I mean, that is a heady veteran head coaching move to know your kid that you're going to need to rely on down the road needs a confidence boost against another team, uh, which was a top-notch coaching by her. And it would have been one thing if it was a no-no, but it was a one-no because we had given up a run earlier. So perfect spot. No hitter pressure still, but like, eh, you know, it's a perfect spot for a kid like that. Exactly. And, and you know, it was, it was perfect. Um, I want to personally shout out uh, AJ Carter. Uh, she's an HCC grad uh, transfer, and also I think she was at the State College of Florida. <clears throat> she had a 12 pitch at bat against um, 
FIU. Uh, the Bulls are down 4-2 in the fifth in the second game on Saturday. 12-pitch at bat on the 12th pitch. Solo shot to left field, 4-3. USF kind of gets it back together. They tied in the ninth, uh, in, in the seventh, excuse me. Uh, Brooke Hartman, Anna Marie Bruni. Like, it's just a total team effort. Uh, and then Brooke Hartman comes in uh, the eighth inning with uh, the game-winning single. Uh, I mean, incredible fight from this team. It's impressive. Anna Marie Bruni, if you ever see her play the outfield, uh, it's incredible. She will have Sports Center highlights this season. I mean, she's already had some incredible stuff already. Um, I think they kind of figured out their shortstop position, which was a, a bit of a problem earlier this year with uh, Kendall Williams uh, kind of plugging in there. Um, but I'm excited for the rest of the year. Uh, they, tr- they, they've, you know, battled. They've been in two elite um, tournaments over the week. You know, over the past couple weekends, it was nice to get some confidence against some top-notch opponents. I was about to say they. I, obviously, these schedules are kind of made a little bit in advance, but I mean, they ran an absolute gauntlet of a starting schedule. Um, first uh, 13 games of the year. They, I mean, they played some of the best teams in the country. Right. They played the reigning national champion in the country. They played some of the toughest SEC opponents you can possibly play. And, you know, they, they took it like they took it right to the chin every time they, you know, battled in every single game. Um, you know, Sands getting kind of mercy ruled very quickly by Alabama. Um, they played very grittily against uh, UCLA, the reigning national champion. And now the schedule gets a lot easier. You know, you you battled through these games and now, I mean, you've traveled to Florida Gulf Coast for a doubleheader game on Wednesday. Uh, but after that, I mean, you're not playing anyone uh, really of significance uh, in the world of college softball. You're you're playing a few, you know, ACC schools, a few Big Ten schools here and there. But, you know, you're, you're I don't see another ranked team on the schedule um, for the rest of the year for them. Uh, they play at Florida. Uh, and like a mid-conference kind of uh, warm-up game, but realistically now you know you you battled. Now let's you know let's kill out the conference and let's dominate them that way. Right. I think I think this schedule kind of always is going to uh, you know put some concerns on when the team started zero and six. Now they're six and seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how quickly that turned. They 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 figured it out, and then you know again on Sunday they come back and beat Tennessee again. Um, Tennessee is, may never come back to the state of Florida. Uh, they went, I think, one and four in their tournament in the tournament this weekend. Uh, they beat FIU and then got run ruled twice by UCF, and then lose in heartbreaking fashion against USF, and then lose again <clears throat> on Sunday to to end the weekend. Uh, brutal stuff. You hate to see it from the for the Vols. But I mean, see, as you mentioned, there's not really um, any teams that scare us uh, the rest of the way, unless we're just completely missing. I think Penn State's good at softball, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Houston's going to be good. Uh, Wichita State, uh, Tulsa is always—they're always—they're stupid good at softball, and it's annoying as hell. Um, but it'll—it'll it'll be a fun conference season for the Bulls. Super excited for them. Super excited for uh, to see what Georgina Core can do in the the USF record book. <clears throat> just for consistency um super excited for her and uh i think that's it for this edition of the the Bluminati podcast olympic edition um you know we'll be back here shortly um with some more stuff but again check out the, the football pod that will drop at some point um likely before this one hey go bulls Go, boy.
Bulls. Play like a girl. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.